The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. Welcome to Raiders Roundtable. We're back on Radio Row, brought to you by America First Credit Union. That's Q Myers. I'm JT. Q, you are grinding. We are <laughs> grinding today. Yes. We're talking to so many Raider legends, so many celebrities and athletes here. How are you enjoying this? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Right? It's a grind, like you mentioned. But, man, I mean, the payoff is so great. When you get to have a few minutes, it doesn't even have to be a long interview. Just a few minutes with some of these greats that are walking around here. It's an it's amazing feeling. And, Q, you know the difference from Monday to Thursday right. and to Friday. Right. So every Everything's a little bit shorter. Everything's yep. a little bit more intense. And uh, everybody's talking about the big names that are here, which is great. Tim Brown. Right. We're talking to a lot of big names here. And we're talking Raiders with them all, which is fun. They want to talk Raiders. Right. And it's a lot of gold jackets. I mean, that's the yeah. difference between Monday and Thursday. You see gold jackets walking around. And you, you just start to have that, oh, wow moment, right? I mean, you sit back and you think about players that you saw. Like I saw at a table, I saw Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett, and Emmett Smith all at the same time. That is amazing. Those are, as I told you, those <laughs> are amazing. three people that need to be protected. Right. Like they need to be. Right. That is like how many yards? It's like having Bo Jackson and, 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 and Marcus Allen Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. No doubt. Man. Hey, we're going to kick this off by talking about the Raiders' defense. Yeah. And statistically, they had an off year. Right. And Patrick Graham's got to turn this around quickly. And the fact that he was coaching at the Senior Bowl, I think, is going to help because yeah. the numbers that you're seeing here, going back, what do you think is the most important priority for this defense in the offseason? I really think it's the interior of that defensive line. Yeah. I really do. I think they need to get that push. And, and I know that Patrick Graham wants to get that push. We know what Max Crosby is able to do. We know what Chandler Jones is able to do. All they need to see is, is somebody up that middle get that pressure on the quarterback, especially with Mahomes and Herbert and Russell Wilson. you got to collapse that pocket. And Denzel Perryman, when healthy, can yeah. play at a very high level. I said that the year before about Casey Hayward. Right. I think the Raiders with Rocky Sin and what he showed us at times last year, I think they need an upgrade from even better players than that. Agreed. coming into this facility. I agree 100%. And, you know, the, the defensive line and the secondary, they, they complement each other, right? If you have a strong defensive line, the, the corners are a lot, a lot tighter, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, it's a lot easier to play corner when you have that pressure on the quarterback and vice versa. Trayvon Merrick's interesting to me because I think he yeah. is a great deep center fielder. Mm -hmm. I think he's got to play closer to the line of scrimmage because he'll make more plays. Right. So after the experience we've seen with him the last couple of years, what do you think we need to see with his growth going into next year? Well, I think he, one, has to be healthy. I think when he had that hip injury early in the season, yeah. I, I think it kind of set him back. He's trying to learn a new scheme with Patrick Graham after playing a different style with Gus Bradley the year before. So I think, one, he has to be healthy, and two, he just has to have a better understanding where he doesn't have to think. That's To me, that's what it looked like. He was a step behind because he was thinking a little bit. So uh, for him to have have a better season is just understanding healthy and just go 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 one of the things I'm fascinated by as we look at these defensive stats is the importance coming into this draft they have the seventh pick overall you can get a beast yeah you, you can. can get an absolute starter but yep. maybe that pick is needed for a quarterback right or a right guard so if they go defense linebacker interior the player better be ready to go, and he better have an impact quickly. Yeah, if you pull the trigger on someone at number seven, you want that guy to be an immediate starter and, and a really good player, too. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's a top-ten pick. That's one of your guys that's going to in a whole, hopefully be an a anchor, right, an anchor, and, and that defense would be great. The thing about it is I think with this draft, you can 
get a lot of good offensive linemen a yeah. little bit later. I don't think you have to get it immediately. I just talked to Brian Urlacher, the Hall of Famer from the Bears, mm. and we were talking about the Raiders and covering Kelsey. Yeah. And he mentioned covering Waller. And he made an interesting point to me. He says the linebackers are getting smaller and smaller because yeah. they have to be faster right. in coverage. I'm going to be interested to see what Dave Ziegler does with Patrick Graham going forward because a cover linebacker in the passing game I think is one, of, if not the biggest priority. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's huge. And, and the Raiders need to have that that stud linebacker, that guy that can go sideline to sideline. You know, we talked about Roquan Smith before the trade deadline. The Ravens pulled the trigger on him, right? That was a good trade for him. They need a guy like that, a sideline to sideline linebacker that can that can cover a Kelsey and just, you know, be that guy and intimidator as well. You know, go lay the wood. Let's take a look at these offensive stats, Q, and what jumps out at me is obviously Josh Jacobs. Brian Baldinger, who's fantastic, you'll hear from him, talked about the Raiders' offensive line. They had the leading rusher in the NFL. So for all the critics who said going into the season, in the preseason, what's going to happen with this offensive line, they deserve some credit for leading the way for Josh Jacobs. Absolutely, and they were inspired. Every time we talked to them in the locker room following the game, especially a big game by Josh, they said, hey, when Josh Jacobs gets the ball, you're opening up a hole. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to hit a little bit harder because they know what they have behind him in Josh Jacobson. The season that he had, you got to give that offensive line a lot of credit because there was questions. I know I had questions move going in because we just didn't know. And then we saw them at some point come together and really be a, a force when it came to run blocking. You know, Devontae's numbers are unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah. the New Orleans game, you got to include that where right. he didn't have much action. And there were at least two to three games where he and Derek didn't hook up right. for an entire half. If that gets cleaned up in the offseason yep. and there's more consistent games, Q, imagine the numbers he could put up. 1,500 yards, leading the league in touchdowns, Incredible. 100 catches, and there was still meat on the bone, right? There was some meat that was left out there, like you mentioned, yeah. a couple games where it just didn't get going and didn't uh, click early or didn't click at all, right? Like that New Orleans game. I mean, that, I don't think it clicked for anybody in that game, but, I mean, just there's, there's more that he can do, and I, I believe that he's that kind of guy that knows there's more he could do. How many times on your radio show and my radio show did we wait for Hunter to come back with Darren? It yeah. was a big topic with our listeners, everyone who's downloading this podcast, who we appreciate. I just hope. I don't know who's going to be back, right. if there's going to be trades, but I can tell you when they're all healthy and they're playing at the highest level, we have to see more of that cue. Yeah, and, and we just didn't get an opportunity to see it yeah. enough in, in 2022. That's the reality of it. You know that the weapons are there. You know what they can individually do, but what can they all do as a unit? We never got to see that. Well, I think the offensive line is going to be a priority, a right yep. tackle. Yep. We saw Thayer Mumford play well at times yep. there, too, but if they can get an upgrade there or at least some depth on the offensive line. But I'm one to believe, when you look at these numbers, right. And to see how aggressive these stats are, I look going forward saying, hey, let's do, let's get to the defense. Yeah. Let's let's put a lot of money and resources on defense and let this offense mature with the new quarterback or Jared Stidham, yeah. who could probably pick right up where Derek left off. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the, the defense needs to be upgraded. I mean, there's all levels you could say, okay, this needs to be addressed. This needs to be addressed. And Patrick Graham is a really good defensive coordinator, but you got to give him talent. You just yeah. got to give him extra talent to do what he wants to do and what he needs to do. So as we're talking live here from Radio Row, Derek Carr is still the big topic. Yeah on Radio Row yeah. because of the meeting with the Saints. I think it's a good fit and I think the world that Derek is a person he's going to make a decision with his wife and family that's best for him. But right. I said Q any of those four teams in the NFC South would be a good fit but it's interesting to see that New Orleans seems to be the first team interested. Yeah and, and I do think that that would be a really good fit. You know going down to New Orleans he'll be reunited with Dennis Allen if they do end up pulling the trigger there and I, I know that they had a dinner and lasted really late and I, I just think it's, it is a good fit and, and they do have talent there right. They have a lot of talent there. They have a 
the defense. I think he can do some good things. He's a good quarterback. He really is. He is. And the Raiders would like to get some compensation for him. Yeah. And we, you've talked yeah. about it. I've heard you on your show. People are saying second round, a third round, a fourth round, or whatever it is, Derek will be coming off the books. Yep. And there's probably going to be some money to spend on another quarterback. Just a question of how much. Right, exactly. That's the thing about it. You don't know what you're, what you're going to have and what it's going to take as well to get that. You know, are you going to address it with a younger guy? Or are you going to address it with a veteran? That, that you just don't know. So you might have to use draft capital. You might have to use free agency money. You might have to use both. Yeah. And we're looking at some important offseason dates coming up here. Obviously, everything leads to the draft yeah. and what's going to happen overall. But signing dates, the ability for players to take a look at this team, free agency overall. You know, I've been saying this for a long time, Q. I think this is going to be one of the most important off-seasons in Raider history. With the combine, free agency starting on the 15th, the draft, and then rookie minicamps, we're talking about from February 28th all the way to the second week of May. It's going to be busy for the Raider Nation. This is giving Dave Ziegler an opportunity to put his thumbprint on the organization, yes. right? This off-season, because we know with the Devontae Adams trade last year, he didn't have a first or a second round pick. We don't know what's going to end up happening. We don't know if he's going to have the seventh overall pick or not. But he has an opportunity, and you saw what he was able to do in the later rounds. I really like the Dylan Parham pick. That was a third-round pick. There, yeah. Mumford played. He was a seventh-round pick. If he can get guys like that, right. they can contribute like they did. And even Mumford, in, to a certain extent, he, he did contribute. And he's a seventh-round pick. So if you can get and hit on a few of those guys, that's what the really good teams do. They find depth in the later rounds in the draft. When we come back on Raiders Roundtable, the best of Radio Row. And we had a great day today. We're going to have a great day tomorrow. All right here on the Roundtable. When you're a part of a team, there are expectations. And one of the things I expect from my team is trust. I work hard to win, and I trust my team to work hard too. That's why I feel good about America First Credit Union. They're my financial team, and I trust that they'll always be there for me and my community. I'm Hunter Renfro. Join me and the America First team today. live from Radio Row, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, and the great work he does at NFL Network. Thanks for doing this, Tom. Of course, man. How are you? I'm real good, and you're real busy this time of year. And from a NFL perspective, before we get to the game, the quarterback story has been really unique, especially based out of Vegas, where I am, as you know, and at night on Sirius XM. The Aaron Rodgers showcase from playing up at Pebble Beach, what are you reporting on? Well, I think that it's not so much Green Bay as a decision to make. They're waiting on Aaron Rodgers to make the decision. He, he holds the cards here. He's due close to $60 million, fully guaranteed in 2023. If the Packers decide we want to trade you, and he says, no, I want to come back to Green Bay, they can't just trade him. He'll go, I retire, and he can basically veto any deal. So really, this is a, a waiting game for them. Aaron has said that he's not going to make a decision until after the Super Bowl. At that point, is it I want to come back and play for Green Bay? Is it I want to come back and play for Team X? Or is it I'm done? Until they have that answer, there's not a whole lot for Green Bay to do here. Well, they're going to have a very busy offseason, very interesting offseason. I mean, there's a lot to do with this team. And you know the organization very well, you know, former MVP of the team. How do they get this thing turned around quick? We're in the process of trying to change the culture and the environment, and Josh is looking for the players that fit his schemes. And, yeah. and But I think, you know, we've got to get better defensively. I think defense has been a, a big issue for this team. I mean, you, you can't, it's tough to go out 
and score 35 points each week. And if you, if you have to do that because right. your defense has given up so many big plays, I think the explosive plays, I think, you know, the the two areas that Josh talked about with us in the preseason is we've got to be able to create more negative plays, more sacks and turnovers. That simply didn't happen this right. year. So that's an area of concern. I think you just got to continue to go out and the, the draft's going to be important. But on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, we've got so many players in place. You know, you've got one of the best tight ends in football in Darren Waller. You've got the best receiver in football in Devontae Adams. I think the best running back in the game last year was Josh Jacobs. Yeah. The question is, who's going who's gonna to be the, the air traffic controller of the Raiders in, in 2023? And I think that's... That's a tough spot to be in. There's a, there's about 10 teams out there right now that are currently looking for help at that position. We'll talk about next year's Super Bowl and how important you're going to be involved with this. The Vegas host committee, everything you know coming up with F1, what you have on the calendar for UFC and the Super Bowl right behind it. I've been saying on my platforms, this is the biggest year in Vegas sports history. It's going to be incredible. It's the biggest year in Vegas history. Yeah. In Vegas history, Absolutely. period. I mean, because because Vegas sports history used to be UNLV. I right, mean, right. You know, so th this is this is massive. I mean, the city's growing so fast now, and uh, you know, word is we'll probably have a NBA team soon, and po possibly a, a a Major League Baseball team too. It's just. Vegas is booming, man. And you know, for fans of the Raiders, it's going to have a quarterback change for the first time in practically a decade, right? Right. So right. when you look at what Coach McDaniels likes in a quarterback, what him and Dave Ziegler really value in terms of skills and intangibles that the guy in the center's got to have, what are some of those kind of skills and things that whoever the new guy is has to be able to come to the table with day one? Well, I, I think is love of the game for one, student of the game, two, right? Then the physical, mental toughness that that coaching staff, that coaching tree expects, whether it's a Brady or going back to Bill Parcells and my dad and Phil Simms, they want a general that's going to be kind of like, yep, my fault, right? Hey, I'll be better. I'm going to lead the troops, not be a uh, cruise ship commander, but a battleship commander. That's what you want to be kind of a little bit, a cruise ship coordinator, not a battleship commander. They want a battleship commander. And I think that's what you're going to look at. The guy that, you know, can play hey, we want an athlete, but it can play within the pocket and pull the trigger into tight windows. And, and I think that's going to they're going to look for. And that's where, you know, again, I think a, a, a drafting of a quarterback in the top 10 is a very real option here, especially when we get back into the long play, where I think is where Mark Davis's mind is here with the Raiders and and the, the, the current staff that yeah, they can develop a quarterback that fits their system and mold him the way they want to where hopefully you can get some results that are similar to what you saw in New England. James Lofton joins us, the Hall of Famer, a longtime Raider legend, multiple teams, and a guy who's doing an unbelievable job as a broadcaster on CBS. Good to see you working Radio Row. How are you? Working it a little bit, enjoying it. it. It's fun when you come down here because you get to see a lot of old faces. Yep. You look at the old faces, and then you look at the name tag <laughs> to remember who they are. Give me a couple of highlights for you this year broadcasting, a couple of the big games, a couple of big moments for you when you saw something exceptional on the field well and it's almost a bad thing because out of 18 weeks 14 of those weeks I either had one or two teams featured from the AFC South so I feel like you know you go off to college what are you gonna major in I majored in the AFC South I did see the Jacksonville Jaguars big comeback against the Raiders and I'm watching the Raiders and I'm wondering what's missing from this team because you take a team with a great wide receiver in Devontae Adams, great running back in Josh Jacobs, great pass rushers, coverage guys, everything that they need to have, but they just aren't able to put it together for an entire 60-minute span. 
I thought that was really the bad part of the season because, you know, the New Orleans game before sure. that, they didn't get the ball past midfield with Derek Carr. And then the Jacksonville game, that was a road trip where the Raiders were on the road to sweep that and really flip the season and get it going. They had a push right after that and started winning some games. But, James, you played at the highest level. When you need a little kickstart and it goes sideways, I thought that was the difference with the Raiders not having nine, ten wins and ended up with six. And we can all look back at the season and go, okay, you can micromanage it a little bit. But I, I remember going into that game with Jacksonville against the Raiders thinking, okay, one of my keys to the game was, was 20 for 20. And that was get 20 carries for Josh Jacobs and 20 targets for Devontae Adams. 20 targets sounds obscene. Not for me. But Not yeah, for me. Because I'm, I'm looking at a guy who – to me, is uncoverable. And even when he's covered, he's still open. So you have to force feed that ball there. Even though it doesn't look like the correct read, it's the right throw. Back on Radio Row, Brian Baldinger joins us. Baldy, great to see you. Hometown JT, guys. Yes. <laughs> Strong Island. Strong no Island all the way, yes. It. No yes. doubt about it. The work you do has never been better. Mm. Congratulations on everything. The breakdowns, I'm using them live on my show. When Are you? you? Post them. Of course, when I see them, because I'm on Sunday night <laughs> yeah, Sunday for Mad Dog and yep. then uh, doing my Raiders work. And when I see you put something out on Max or even from another team, I yeah. look at it. How quickly do you turn that around? And who owns that property? Because obviously you have a lot of different platforms. Well, I, mean, I think I it's amazing. The NFL. Yep. So um, the NFL has uh, the rights to all the, yep. the film. So they've let me use it for a variety of different things. I don't benefit personally from it but you know <laughs> that's where i'm going that's where i'm going well, we need okay? to talk you see all these you see all this advertising that's where i'm going uh, I, I do it um it's great. i do it jt honestly i started it because i felt like there was a big gap a huge gap between what anybody watched on television and then what they gleaned from any and i'm not to knock any analyst out here at all but there's just so much any analyst could do and i just thought there was a big gap so i started let me just fill in the gaps a little bit, explain the game a little bit more. And then what I found was the instant connection to fans and players. Right. So obviously Max, you know, but in, in, with Raiders, but, you know, Devontae Adams, I mean, all these guys, uh, if I did something on Dylan Parham, like he would retweet it pretty quick. Yeah. You know, because I liked the way he played. But it, I, I just felt like the fans and the players really liked it. The players, they could make X amount of dollars, millions of dollars. But if they found somebody that really understood what they were doing and explained it properly, they really enjoyed that. Great segue to Dylan Parham, Colt Miller yep. at left tackle. So, without Aaron Rodgers, Brady retired, whoever the quarterback's going to be, how many new offensive linemen does Dave Ziegler have to get in the draft in free agency to tighten this up? Because you know how much money they have to spend on defense. Well, I like the left side. Okay. I like Colton and I like Dylan. Like, I, there's been a rotating group at right tackle, as we know. Uh, you could always – I don't think you have to go overspending free agency. I don't think you have to spend a first-round pick. I mean, Jordan Mulatto was a seventh-round pick. He's a freak. But you could find you could find good, adequate linemen. You've got to develop them, though. You know, you got to have a teacher and you got to develop. Um, they obviously have holes on defense, and they have to address it. 
they 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 have continued to do it, but it's just been we, we know what that roster keeps looking like. The Hall of Famer Tim Brown joins us. Good to see you, Timmy. Hey, good to see you, baby. A bunch of radio rows for you. This is my 25th. <laughs> oh, and you've, God, been, you've been there with me I for most of it. I think I've come to every one yeah. since 88. Tell me about Heisman to the Hall. This looks yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, well, you know, uh, when I was getting ready to go into the Hall of Fame, uh, I had a buddy to come up to me. Literally, I'm about to get on the bus and go do my speech to tell me that, that I know I was only the ninth guy to win the Heisman and be in the Hall of Fame. You know, that was before Woodson went in. And I was like, dude, I mean, there must have been 50 guys to do that. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And literally on the bus ride over to my enshrinement speech, I'm Googling up how many Heisman winners are in the Hall of Fame. And it, at that time, they hadn't added me, so there was only eight guys. So I was, I was really shocked, blown away by that. But the immediate thought was, what an incredible legacy yeah. that's, that is to leave on the football field. Can we leave that kind of legacy off the football field, you know? And can we get together, form a foundation, which we have, HGH Foundation? Can we partner with, you know, NFL Films, can, mm -hmm. which we have, uh, Hall of Fame Village, which we have, Prudential, who have come in, who's come in and, and done an incredible job for us? Can we partner with these people and, and, and really build something that is lasting off the football field as long as our legacy on the football field? So that, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Welcome back to Raiders Roundtable, brought to you by America First Credit Union. Q Myers, JT. Now we're going to take a look at the draft where the Raiders are selecting number seven overall, and they have a lot of other picks behind this. Right. Chew, they got to nail it. Dave Ziegler, his scouting department, his staff is coming in with a lot of optimism here. No, they are. And I would love to see them go with a defensive guy, a defensive stud. I would love to see Jalen Carter from Georgia drop. I mentioned earlier in the show about the interior part of the defensive line. I would love to see that happen. And I don't know if he's going to fall to seven. I mean, you just never know. You know, you don't know what teams are trading up. You don't know who's doing what. So it's always a crapshoot. But I'll tell you right now, man, if Jalen Carter is there at number seven, I might run that card up for him. You know, the elephant on Radio <laughs> Row, as you know this, is everybody's wondering if the Raiders will trade up from seven right. to go get the quarterback that they right. might want. Because I don't think the two big ones, C.J. Stroud, could be there, obviously, and right. Bryce Young at right. that point. I'm not a big believer at seven or six or five to go up to one. I think you could get quality players. Yeah. And as you just mentioned, you could get a stud offensive lineman or an elite defensive player. Yeah, and the thing about it is if you trade up from seven to, say, one to go get a quarterback, mm -hmm. you're giving up so much draft capital, yeah. so much capital. And so I, I just don't think it's worth it. You know, and then you have to really be in love with that quarterback. And right. I don't know if they're in love with that guy. I don't know if that generational, next generational guy is actually there. But – Ben Roethlisberger, right. uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You didn't have to go up to one or two to get no, those guys. No, look how far Kansas City had to trade up to get them. Remember, right. they went up from 24 to 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a big jump. That is a big jump, but they didn't have to go to one. Right. And they got a generational right. quarterback. I just, We both don't know how great these quarterbacks are going to be, but it right. seems like those first two are going to be career guys, guys, guys mm -hmm. that you know are franchise quarterbacks. It feels like those are the two that everyone's looking at, like, right. okay, those are the guys, and then there's questions with the other ones. But, again, that's what I'm saying. You have to, if you're going to make a move like that and commit to it, that's fine. If you're 
in love with that that player. Well, what we know about Dave Ziegler, and I really believe this from talking to him on and off the record about his philosophy with scouting, how he doesn't want to sign a lot of free agents. He wants yeah. to develop players yep. overall. This is going to be Dave's opportunity to do that. He's got a wealth of draft picks, yep. especially mid to late rounds. There's probably going to be some changes along the way. And I think Raider Nation is pretty confident that he'll do a good job. But, you know, Max Crosby in the fourth round. Yeah, well, how big. about finding someone in the third or fourth round that could play at the level of Max Crosby? That's hard to do. You know, it really is, you know, and, and that's the thing about it is, uh, and, and you mentioned it to me, uh, I think the other day that mm. that uh, Dave probably wants to build that team similar to what the Eagles did and what Howie Roseman was able to do. Yeah. You know, 11 of their starters, 10 out of 11 of their starters are drafted guys. Well, I tell you this much. I look at all the great players that Kansas City got, Philadelphia got. You mentioned Philadelphia. Yeah. How about Seattle, too? Right, right. I mean, there are some teams that yeah. had great drafts, and I think that's another big topic for everyone is the fact that the team went from 10 to 6 wins. A great draft and two or three free agents can get you back to 10, 11, 12 wins. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the league is so is so much parity across the league that a couple good moves here and there, you can be right back in business, right? Yeah. I mean, you can go from being a, a four-win team to all of a sudden win 10 games. And look how many games the Raiders were played close, one-score losses, right? A play here, a play there. All of a sudden, you're talking about a team that's making a deep playoff run. Yeah, and as we look at the draft order and we see where the draft is for the Raiders, it is very fluid as we speak because, again, I don't know if Dave's going to be a river boat gambler right. and get the one player Q I've always been a fan of this if you see the player and you love the player no matter what it costs you go get, go him. get him if right. he's that type if of guy that, yeah. normally that's a quarterback it's an edge rusher in this league I don't think you have to worry about that all the time with an offensive lineman or a safety or a defensive back no I don't either I think that especially this draft uh, the defensive backs are pretty deep right mm -hmm. we saw some at the uh, senior bowl we saw a lot at the shrine bowl as well that was played in the in the Raiders backyard in the Legion Stadium so I mean you know there's a lot of quality players. I mean, again, it's everyone focuses on the first round of the draft, but there's seven rounds for a reason, right? There's seven rounds, and you can get quality players top to bottom. All right, it's time for our Super Bowl picks. Do you mind if I go first? Oh, man. All right, this is very <laughs> important, Raider Nation. Kansas City must lose this game at all costs. We're in the AFC West with the Raiders. We are not here to support Kansas City on any level, especially me. I don't want to have to deal with these fans nationally, <laughs> and I don't want to see them catch the Raiders with three Super Bowls, but they have the ability to do it. I think the injuries to Kansas City, especially at receiver, are going to take the toll. I think Mahomes is close to 100%. He looked yeah, good in that Joe Burrow game. Sure. I could tell you that and I'm very impressed with Kansas City's physicality because they didn't have that big of a physical team for their last couple of Super Bowls. That being said, Philadelphia is a team that is just stronger on the offense and defensive line. Kansas City's got the tight end advantage and the quarterback advantage. Philadelphia wins the Super Bowl 28 to 24. Wow. Andy Reid will be one and two in the Super Bowl in Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes will be one and two in the Super Bowl. That's not Jim Plunkett 2-0, everybody. So I'm rooting against Mahomes. I think the Chiefs go down. And as much as it pains me to root for Philadelphia, 28-24 <laughs> the birds. What do you got? I'll tell you what. That's a mic drop moment right there. If I didn't have to pay for the equipment, if I broke it, I'd just <laughs> drop the mic. But uh, no, I'm with you. I think Philadelphia Ooh. gets I think actually that they're a better team. I, yeah. I just believe that they're the better team. The trenches. We always talk about the games are won in the trenches. This game literally will be won in the trenches. The Eagles had 70 sacks as a team in the regular season. That I just think that that 
pressure getting after uh, Mahomes. They're going to get it from the outside. They're going to get it from the interior. They're going to come at him at all angles and make it too difficult and see how healthy he is. I mean, he, he's, he's going to be close to 100%, as you mentioned, but those guys can get after and they come in waves, right? Even their backups, they come in off the bench and they have they have studs. So so I, I think I Philadelphia gets it done. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to say, all right, put me on the spot. Let's go. Uh, Total's 50 and a half or 50 there. I'm so. going to go 31 uh, 20. Ooh. Uh, Philadelphia. I All feel right. good. I feel good about Philly. Run, I, run, run. I want to spend a few moments and say something about Silver and Black Productions. I've been working for them for 24 years. This young staff, this staff, the entire team was fantastic here. No way we could pull this off on top of doing all of our radio <laughs> interviews. So for everyone at Silver and Black Productions, I'm JT. Thank you for watching Raiders Roundtable. We want to thank America First Credit Union and everyone from Radio Row. We'll see you back in Las Vegas.